Hello and welcome to Euractiv's Agri-Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote. I'm Julia Dam. And I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractiv's Agri-Food News team. At the very beginning of the week on Monday, um, there was the Agri-Fish Council, so basically the gathering of uh, EU ministers, EU agriculture minister, and they discussed uh, several aspects, but in particular, they had... Um, an interesting debate about the forthcoming pesticide framework uh, reform that the Commission is about to present. Or is not about to present. Or is not about to present. Will they, won't they? <laughs> yeah, this is... this The big question. We open with the, the mystery of the week. Um, <laughs> we have um, Julia Christie, no, Jolly. It's the Agatha Christie reference. I got it, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very nice. I, I can be Conan, no. Gerardo Doyle. Well, anyway. Too far. Yes, too far. But even, even Yula Christie wasn't really... Okay, so um, why we say it's a mystery? Because uh, it's still not clear if they're going to present it uh, next week. They're but supposed actually, to present it on the 22nd. That was On the... the 22nd of June, so yeah. next week. Mm-hmm. But... Julia, we're actually in the same room together again, so it's a, it's a great moment. And uh, Julia is, is looking at me saying, uh, because she knows more about this, she <laughs> she reported on that uh, on Monday. So tell us, Julia. I brought my detective coat. And, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. She has, she's uh, actually wearing equipment. a trench coat right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we tried to collect some clues on Monday about whether or not it's going to be presented, and we got some clues, but we we can't reach a, a definitive conclusion yet. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had um, Food Safety Commissioner Stella Kiriakidis speaking in the council to the ministers, um, and she was stressing the importance of this law because um, there was actually a push from ten countries led by Austria to kind of delay, well, in fact, to delay. They didn't say it um, say it explicitly. They but never say delay. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but basically, the countries were saying, we need more evidence. We need to talk about this more. So uh, bottom line is they want this to be presented later. Uh, but Kira Kidis actually stressed um, the importance of this uh, law and of tackling this now. She said now, I think, like 10 times during her speech. Um, which might lead you to think that she's very keen on presenting next week. But in the end, we don't really know. She was actually asked this during the press conference at the end of the day. And um, she didn't commit to the date next week. She said, this is the date we envisaged. But in the end, we only committed to presenting the proposal before summer. So uh, yeah, we'll see. It's still open. I'd just like to say, twenty, as we've already pointed out on this podcast, the 22nd of June is actually already not before summer. Because summer technically That's kicks true. off on the 21st. That's true. So even if all things go well... Stella, if you're listening, then it's not before summer. And, and she's probably listening. That's the, that's the point. Highly likely. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that uh, it's not the first time that they're postponing the... I mean, it's, it's not sure that they're going to postpone, but they already it was already envisaged in uh, March, if I remember correctly. Yes. And I remember the week before, exactly like, uh, like this week, the week before they were mysterious, they were trying... And I remember that... Uh, uh, I was at the first conference because it wasn't in it was in Brussels. Like this week, it was in Luxembourg, and I remember that I asked uh, the commissioner Wojciechowski if they if he could confirm the date 
for uh, next week, for the, the week after. And he said something like, there is no discussion on pesticide at this week's college, which is pure jargon. <laughs> Because it's basically the College of Commissioners, uh, like the cabinet meeting for the commissioner. So you had to translate it from the jargon in order to get the reply. So, yeah, we are really... I feel like that's our whole job, de-jargonizing. De our job. Yeah. Yeah, but they could also give us a hand. Uh, by... <laughs> it's like in the detective novel when you have a secret yeah. message and you have to decipher it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, this is actually, if, if we need to hire some other journalists, we need to make like a test of the investigative, like, well, not investigative journalism, like really mm. investigative skills, like... Uh, mm. You know, Julia could, could actually help us in... She's uh, very sneaky. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. There was also another topic that was touched on at the AgriFish Council, but it was behind closed door. Um, and it was basically the proposal of the commission of uh, um, uh, delay the biodiversity requirement, actually not biodiversity requirement, more the uh, crop rotation, fallow land requirement in the new common agricultural policy. Uh, they are already temporarily derogated at the moment uh, in the current cap, uh, which is basically the previous one, uh, because the, the, there are two years of uh, temporary, um, you know, the, 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 the past cap is temporarily applied for two years, even if we are in the new program. This is, again, super budget jargon. It's even worse than uh, your jargon. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, we're talking about the um, uh, some of the good environmental practices because we know that crop rotation has a beneficial effect on um, soil health. Um, so at the same time, there's this push on production to cope with the uh, disruption caused by the Ukraine, uh, the Ukraine war. So the commission is proposing to extend derogation for another year, at least. Um, and the minister, we, um, we actually had some sources in the meeting because, as I said, it was behind closed doors. Um, seven, 16 member states um, expressed their support to this commission proposal. So it's highly likely that we're going to hear uh, a proposal uh, in, in the next weeks uh, from the commission on... Uh, uh, extending this derogation on uh, basically crop rotation. Mm. But it, it's it's a bit tricky because um, in the previous common agricultural policy, the percentage wasn't that high because, I mean, we were talking about the um, ecological fo focus area. So there was like 5% uh, of the ecologic focus area for farmlands uh, that has more than uh, 15 hectares while the new requirements for crop rotation are basically applied on every farm uh, land in uh, Europe. And, uh, and it's, there's a 4% just for fallow land, uh, while before the fallow land was a percentage of that 5%. So it's not a minor thing, this, uh, uh, this extension, because it's not like, ah, okay, we, we can do it for another year. This was actually a question that I asked the commissioner, but I... I wasn't that lucky, uh, like my my last name uh, would suggest. But there was another uh, important event uh, happened this week, not in Brussels and not even mm. in Luxembourg. Ah, oh, my goodness, where could it be? It's in, drumroll please. It's not even in the EU. <laughs> Geneva. 
where we had the 12th ministerial conference of the WTO, so the World Trade Organization. And they were trying to get some key outcomes on fishery subsidies, as well as stuff to do with the pandemic response and vaccines, and also this key issue of food security. Um, so this was a big deal. This is the first time that the minister- we had a ministerial conference for nearly five years, I think, at least, yeah. Yeah, because it was very stuck, nearly the, five years. The WTO was stuck before. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, also we had uh, five, four years of Trump and um, war with China. So yeah. Mm. And the idea was to seek an agreement. Uh, trade war, and no one actually <laughs> waged war against China. <laughs> Thank you for specifying yeah. that. Yeah, because I'm sure we, I'm sure we just didn't realize that. Um, <laughs> so the idea was to reach an agreement on uh, food security. And this is basically in light of a lot of um, trade restrictions we've seen. Uh, and some 27 countries, I think it is now globally, have decided to um, to implement some some form of trade restriction, usually on wheat and on grain and cereals in light of the Ukraine war. Because, of course, I'm sure everyone knows by now, but Russia and Ukraine are huge suppliers of wheat as well as sunflower, rapeseed. So there's been enormous disruption in the whole global um, food chain. And so the idea was to come together and just as uh, Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has been pushing and the conversation we've heard in the council and everything else, that this idea of keeping trade flows open, um, saying this is the only way to kind of cope with the fallout of the Ukraine war. Now, this is also contentious. It's been a big contentious issue. And it was especially contentious this week with one uh, WTO member, and that is India. So India had quite a lot to say when it came to food security and you know what was being asked of them by particularly they levied a lot of criticism against you know western countries and uh, including the eu for pushing on this idea of free trade because india is saying no we have the right to stockpile our food for our citizens you know this is becoming uh, really uh, like a, a play you know <laughs> no and what do you Just trying to bring some life to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you do different voices for India and for the EU respectively? <laughs> Absolutely not. I cannot. I cannot do that. She can. She just be shy. <laughs> when I say I cannot, I mean I'm not going to. That's what okay. I mean. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the... You'll just have the, to imagine that. The Natasha jargon that we have to translate or listen. <laughs> Translating Britishness. <laughs> anyway, so um, so India put out, the Indian government put out a pretty strong statement about stockpiling and, you know, saying they were fighting on behalf of all developing countries, this idea that a lot of the agreement was really for the benefit of developed countries uh, that are very strong socioeconomically and this was really for their benefit and it wasn't helping poorer uh, poorer countries in the global south. The Indian agricultural minister was saying that, um, you know, these countries have a, have the right to have an ability to grow and take prosperity for their people. Um, and this was the main kind of clash that we saw there. And it was not looking very likely, I have to say, that there was going to be any kind of agreement on this because with the WTO, if any one member says no, it's done. You know, you can't you can't move forward. It has to be a unanimous decision. And with this amount of tension, you know, it really wasn't looking kind of likely that something was going to come out of this. But in fact, there was an agreement reached um, on uh, on food security. There was a declaration on food security. Um, WTO members committed to avoiding un- what they called unjustified export restrictions on food and also improving transparency on any export restrictions that do occur. So if anything comes up, you know, they've committed to be a bit more open about this. Um, and of course, uh, also a decision was 
was taken, I mean, this was not contentious, but a decision was also taken to completely exempt any humanitarian purchases for the World Food Programme from any export restrictions. So there was, in the end, an agreement that was that was found, um, which was struck as quite unlikely, but quite an interesting week to follow to follow what was happening at the World, uh, World Trade Organization level. And it's also interesting because um, it's, it was one of the main arguments that I used in, in a brief, like for Euracti, that I uh, wrote this week uh, about the food insecurity. Uh, it has a very strong uh, headline, uh, food, secu- food insecurity is here to stay. But it was basically about this paradox, the, uh, which I called food insecurity paradox. So if you keep the trade flows open, uh, it means that you can risk, uh, particularly for for you know countries at risk of hunger, that they, that might have no food. But at the same time, if if the flows of goods uh, are you know uh, interrupted, the system could risk to be could, could risk uh, the collapse, and you can have the worsening of the crisis. So it's. Uh, it's a very particular situation, uh, also because that's actually the main, the bottom line of of my brief. That basically we're we're we are at the collapse of the current uh, food production order, but we don't see anything like an option that could replace it. Let's come back actually to. Not the pesticide, uh, but to um, something that is supposed to be presented together with the pesticide uh, reform, pesticide framework reform, which are the nature restoration targets. Uh, it's, um, w- they were um, announced in the biodiversity strategy, which is the little sister, no, the, the sister of the farm proposed strategy. Yeah, I think sister, not necessarily. Sister. sister, no, no, indeed. indeed. Yeah. Uh, twin, with even. the twin. Nah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah. A twin. Um, the natural restoration targets. And Julia, again, is going to talk about um, this uh, new proposal because it's also expected to come to go live uh, uh, next week and this, the very same day. Yeah, exactly. It was supposed to be presented together with uh, the pesticides law already in March when they postponed yes. it. And now, again, it's uh, as for the pesticides laws, the question, uh, is this going to be presented or not? Um, and there was actually a protest in Brussels organized by some NGOs um, this week, last week. Um, and I think this is also a case, again, where you can see that it's maybe a bit of um, yeah tensions going on inside the commission. Um, and you can see that some of the commissioners are more keen than others maybe to have this presented very quickly. And one of the commissioners who is quite keen to have uh, to go to go ahead with this proposal uh, is the Environment Commissioner, uh, Virginia Sinkovicius. And his head of cabinet at the, at the commission was actually at this protest. Um, he's called, I'm going to mispronounce this, I apologize, uh, Simonas Shatunas, I guess, or something like that. Giedre, where are you? Because we have... Um... <laughs> We can say a sister of the agriculture. You really like the sister <laughs> analogy, don't you? No, it's Giedre is our uh, health reporter. Yeah, but we're basically in the same in the agri health family. Yeah, the agri health family, and and she's Lithuanian, so probably she's gonna judge me. Um, <laughs> she is. She is. Yeah. Well, this this head of cabinet, whatever his name is, um, was <laughs> this <it>? person, <laughs> this human being. <laughs> 
this human being was at the protest and I asked him at the sidelines of this protest um, to give a little statement and basically he told us about um, why he thinks this law is important, why we should put it out now and why it's also important for food security. So let's listen to what he had to say. We believe that this law is important in the short run and in the long run because that will help us to restore the degraded or depleted our uh, ecosystems uh, that are now uh, indispensable as we see in the long run to have the resilient and healthy ecosystems across the Europe and also to ensure the food security in the long run which is also very much dependent on the healthy ecosystem. So that's why I believe that we need to act now, we need to set up certain targets by 2030, 2040, 2050. And uh, in, we believe that this law would substantially contribute to the uh, to restoring ecosystems and also stopping the, the further degradation of uh, certain ecosystems. That would definitely prevent the natural disasters that will stop the uh, biodiversity loss that will uh, stop to some extent the climate change as well. It's not enough, but it's a very good instrument to start doing uh, essential things that we need to, to European uh, nature, biodiversity and to our people. Thank you. And you don't have any more information about whether it will be tabled next week or not? Hopefully. This week, we have a podcast first. This is a live tasting, and I have brought some treats for you guys. Actually, a treat uh, courtesy of um, Ipif. <laughs> I'm already regretting that you're not going to have a flavor of the week this week, but we're having this food tasting because I'm already looking at the, the, the things that you brought. This is the flavor of the week. Okay. Yes, yeah. this is the flavor of the week. Okay, but it's a real flavor because you're actually tasting it. Okay, so um, yes, so I got uh, some goodies from the European insect sector, so um, IPIF, otherwise known as. And so maybe you want to open up the first one and just tell our listeners what you're looking at. Yeah, I guess this basically worms. I don't know how to how to <laughs> describe it. Because she said, no, I have some chocolate with some, you know, insect base and i thought you know the insects were like flower no but they're actually they're actually they're actually a whole insects they're actually millworms i think these ones millworms are. yeah yeah the, the, the millworms that actually got the okay from exactly. uh, yeah yes from, they did you wrote about it yeah I, imagine yes this is the most read article <laughs> of 2021 at your active and we're gonna taste the most read article <laughs> And Yulia, what, what have you got in front of you? What is that you're looking at? Well, uh, yeah, Gerard was talking about some chocolate and I have something, uh, a dark chocolate here, which has uh, something kind of like a topping um, of very... <laughs> She's really good at describing... Uh, we were doing like an, it's like an unboxing video. Now. Yeah, it's yeah, an it unboxing video. <laughs> Um, so there's a little window in this um, in this packaging, and you can already see that there's some insects on top of this chocolate. I don't know exactly which one, um, but it says that the insects were brought up in France, so I assume they had enough uh, like air and space and whatever they need. <laughs> uh, it's also gluten free and um, it's also good gluten free, GMO free. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th th this is the you know the 
the kind of question like, do you want the, the bad or the good news first? So shall we start with the chocolate or with the worms? Well, I would say with the worms because they're curried fla- cur- flavor curry of curry. Flavor. Ah, so you, you, you can't eat them. So we're going to eat them. No, I can eat them. Ah, okay, okay, okay. As long as they're not too spicy. So I would propose that we go from the curry. Let's go with the curry. To the chocolate. Okay. You know, like a, like a main and a dessert. Yeah. All right, so I open these up. I've even got the sound effects. <laughs> it's ASMR now. People, yeah, yeah. The people, oh, people know this is legit. This is actually happening. Okay. So the little worms are out of there. Gosh, I should take photos of this really. So people. <laughs> okay. So. So Julia first. So lady <laughs> first. Oh my god. Okay, are you, are you supposed to take I'm gonna take one. Just one. No, take it. Okay. No, no, it's okay. We're not gonna push it. Uh, let's let's uh, taste at the same time. Or maybe we should one, two, maybe three. we should give a what do you think they look I mean they actually do look they know they 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 they're mealworms, guys. They it's, look uh, like mealworms and they're coated the, the one in, that you find in the in the flower, basically. They're coated in curry. I actually have four mealworms in, in my Beautiful. hand. Yeah. I'm gonna do oh, like okay. um we don't even have water. <laughs> ah. This is... <laughs> no, but... Well, I'm sure we're going to love them. It. All right, here's the... Okay, here we go. The, the smell is really curryish. Smells like curry, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I think that this this thing are like... Just you know, like little you, shrimp, you know? It's, yeah. it's exactly No, but I think you put it on the top of salads or yeah. pasta, this kind mm. of stuff. You're giving recipe advice now, like, like the, you know, the crisp bacon... You know, the, yeah, oh no, exactly. or, or, or crispy onion. onion. Yeah, it crispy onion, onion. Sorry, yeah. it looks Not like bacon. roast onions. Like crispy right. onions. Okay, that's right. Who's Let's ready? Go. I, I can do it. Well, we're all gonna do it together. Okay. One, two, three. They're crunchy. They are crunchy. I mean, honestly, they're good. They're good. No, I mean, I like it. Tastes like curry. I still think it's not the like it's it's a, not a supplement, but I mean, it's something that you put on the top of something. Yeah, but it's gonna be a main meal because. They're pretty good. I'm going to take it under two, eh? Oh, Gerardo's gone back in. He wants more. All right. Clearly, that's a good sign. I think it's meant like ta- like you, you have it with a beer. You put it next to your beer and then you pick yeah, it. Yeah. It says on it that it's apéro. It's an apéro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. on the this back. This is the, the German expertise, you know. Yeah, She yeah, already yeah. understands everything. Like, I mean, this is... <laughs> I, I can picture myself with a beer, with this... Um, the football match. Uh, I mean, honestly, and, this was good. Or Also, the... Um, Consistency. It's uh, yeah. it's not just that they're crunchy. Yeah. Oh, Yulia's going back in. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to take multiple ones <gasps> at once this time. Gosh. Yeah, because it's not the, the the typical. I mean, it's not the thing that you can eat uh, one at. It's basically you have mm, to you eat them as take well. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give a pinch of worms. Good. It's good. It's All good, right. guys. Yes. Should we move on to the chocolate? Yeah. Let's do. It. I imagine it's going to be quite similar, but Yulia, would you like to do the honors? All right, I'm gonna do uh, do the sound effects as well. <laughs> this is also the sound. Oh, good. Oh no, <laughs> part of them just <laughs> fell. Okay, it wasn't that the worms were alive. Just for all of you listening, it was that we actually lost half the chocolate on the floor, but we also saved half the chocolate. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. is enough to to try. <laughs> We're making an absolute mess of the podcast studio. Yeah. Sorry, Evie. Okay. Oh, yes. Apologies to our technical, yeah. Um, okay. There's enough chocolate to try. Let me break a bit. Okay. Oh, but the same, the same uh, worms. The there. same worms, yeah. Ah. There we go. 
We each got a little bit of chocolate. Okay, the, the smell now it's really it's just chocolate. Chocolate, yeah. Okay. But they're not curry flavored. All right. So just like um. Go for it, guys. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Mm. Mm. Hmm. It's a bit like um. Well, it's just crunchy chocolate, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad, but I, I don't really see the added value yeah. of the worms mm. in this one. I think the worms uh, no, need I, to be salty. Probably. Probably, because also, or spicy. Not spicy. No, and not for you, but, uh, you know, like, um, um, there's a lot of experimentation in uh, cuisine with, um, I mean, now it's it's not even a good a, a new idea, but uh, putting chocolate and uh, spicy stuff. Mm. Like, uh, but th- th- yeah, it's. Uh, I agree with uh, Julia. It's not apart from the crunchiness. Let's say um, the taste is not. It, it's a bit like it, it's I more chocolate. It's not offensive, is it? But yeah, it's, it's like, mo- like the chocolate's good, and the worms don't make it worse or better. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. more into the curried. Well, yeah. the I'd have them next to my view. And it's interesting, as you said, because of course there was this favorable um, opinion, or what was it? The the approval of the mealworm. So we might be seeing a lot more of these on. Yeah, around. yeah. So yeah, we're basically pioneering the use of. Um, Could be seeing a lot more in the, on your supermarket shelves, you know. So yeah. And that's all from us this week. And this week, like every week, the Euractive Agri-Food podcast was produced by Euractive's Agri-Food team. That's Natasha Foote, Gerardo Fortuna and Julia Dam, with the technical support of Evie Curie. This podcast is also available on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Stitcher and Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest agriculture news from the EU. I'm Julia Dam. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Mm-hmm.